0: Welcome to another episode of Where They've Been. My name is Jeff and I'm here with my bro, Zach Moore. How you doing, dude? What up? What up, man? I'm doing good. How are you doing? Doing good. Doing good. It is another great day. Excited to be back. And uh, man, how you said earlier we were talking that you are just learning to live life on five hours of sleep. Come on. That's how's that right.
1: Been? It's been good. I got a uh, lovely almost two month old daughter. And uh, she's great. She's a blessing. But uh, sleep on five hours, my brain is just thinking, you know what? This is our life now. So, yep, I can basically uh, take a nap anywhere and everything looks like a pillow. <laughs> <laughs> everything <laughs> looks like a pillow. Yeah. we should test right.
0: that out and be like, does this look like a pillow? Pineapple. Does this look like a pillow? It's like,
1: of course, it looks like a pillow. It's uh, marshmallows.
0: It's marshmallows. Right. So, exactly. Yeah, those are obvious. everything looks like a pillow that's pillow shaped. <laughs> What else is pillow shaped that could look like a pillow? Wow, we could go on that for a while.
1: Sometimes I do, depending on how much I eat. I, but I'm. Sh-
0: you look like a pillow. Sometimes. Oh, I see what you're you You know because
1: overweight because you're insecurity. I you was got like, it, I'm though. sorry,
0: I'm not you know, sure so- <laughs> what you're talking about. But I missed it. But I got the. But i sh- I was like, there's a joke in there somewhere.
1: <laughs> uh, you just gotta <laughs> find it. You
0: just gotta. <laughs> That's your it. job, not mine. <laughs> oh my goodness. Hey, well, we got an awesome episode for you. Um, with my good friend Ryan Coster.
1: I think you Talk mean Brian. Brian
0: Coster, exactly. <laughs> Brian, Ryan. Don't call him Brian. Oh, he God. hates it. Look at Matt. Yeah, he doesn't like it. We love him. So without further ado, here's my podcast with Brian Coster. Maybe we can walk that road again.
1: Take a little time to sit and listen.
0: You know what we used to do as a kid? And this is just reminding me of my just fat childhood. We used to take a box of Krispy creams and we'd put them in the freezer. Have you ever had, I know you've had a hot Krispy Kreme, but have you ever had oh, a yeah. frozen one?
2: No, I, I can't
0: say we've ever had. Just ice cold milk in a frozen Krispy Kreme. <laughs> Dude, can you, just...
2: can you give us a play-by-play of what's, what's going on? What's that first bite? tastes like you know, what's the texture i it how is it how is it different you know because there's like fresh then there's like you know it's been out a while but mm-hmm. frozen i i i need a i need a picture here
0: so you can really it, the freshness stays because of the frozenality that's a word for you and the freshness stays and you just bite into it and you feel the freshness but it's also firm the fresh okay. and the firm. You know what I mean?
2: Oh, I, I'm I'm feeling that. I, I, I need a frozen Krispy Kreme donut. Put your Krispy Kremes
0: in the fridge, baby. Come on, somebody. Shut me down. I'm just kidding. That's don't, don't shout right now, man. You're going to wake up. Wake up the kiddo. <laughs> I know. Hey, welcome to the first episode that we're ever going to put up on YouTube, Ryan. We're so excited to have you here. You got a very nice homey backdrop, and yeah, um, we're thankful this for is- it.
2: This is courtesy of my parents' basement. Got to spend some time with, with parents, and uh, she's using their, their downstairs tonight. So um, we were talking beforehand. I potentially was thinking, you know, this is like the, the green screen. Mm-hmm. But no, this, this is all real here. So it's you know, real. look, look it's how comfy couch that setup. couch is. Huh?
0: It's a real setup, for sure. Oh, yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. It's great. Well, so much has happened since the last two times that we recorded. Um, Dude. Third time. Third time, bro. <laughs> Little this, the rec- people listening now know that we've recorded twice. Once it was deleted by me and then once was given up by me in post because Ryan recorded it in Duluth, Rocky Mountains and uh, every other word you couldn't hear. So and while There's the recording, I mean. it was just like you couldn't really tell, but you kind of could. And then I'm getting to it and I'm like, I literally cut out 45 minutes of the hour and 15 minute conversation. So it's like, kind of seems like a, a redo. So definitely both, both on me.
2: And and in these three times, a lot has changed because I was, I, was I was single then I was dating and now, dude, check it out. I'm married. Crazy. Dude, I know. Third time is the charm. Third time is the charm. There are times Mar- marriage will help me make this a lot better of an interview yes or will. all the practice or, or, or worse you know sometimes the more you do it the worse you get it. it's all or scripted all the
0: practice we're currently
2: sense. reading off of a, a teleprompter yeah
0: i wish we were because i'm almost regretting saying fresh and firm at right at this point right now but hey, hey that
2: that's that's edgy man whoever rates you know podcasts maybe this one is pg-13
0: yeah it is what it is man it is what it is so so much has changed but you still live in minnesota um which is incredible Mm -hmm. um and uh but you got married so tell us about rebecca
2: I, i love rebecca she's she's my best friend what can i say uh are you are you want to know a little bit of the the story the details well there's or
0: i think the story of you guys meeting is actually really cool because there's so many like different layers to it the initial me and then through all of it so i think it would be really cool to kind of hear all that all right stage one when we meet
2: technically the first time we ever like interacted was when i was in an interview for the director role at kafa at the UVM. right and she was working with my boss my director um and so she was in on the meeting and so that's pretty much like the first time like we ever interacted was like pre and post the interview so she got to hear my whole life story and all of the interrogating questions um which really weren't that bad more like tell us your story blah 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 but Sure, sure um and then yeah fast forward uh we had actually, I'm trying to think what year this is, 2018, I think. We actually she asked me out. So um just like, hey, would you want to get coffee sometime? I'm like, you know what? Let's do it. Let's get some coffee. You know, we didn't go to Nina's.
0: Uh you weren't to... cool enough or
2: no, i I I don't know. I what place did we go to? Um Quixotic. Quixotic. Ooh. Um which is cool, we talked for a little while, and then I uh, i don't think either of us were feeling, there wasn't a whole lot of chemistry, so I just mm. was like, hey, let's be friends.
0: Yeah, um, I remember talking after you had that uh, date. Yeah, dude,
2: that's when you were in the cities. Yeah, we did, we definitely, we talked about it a good amount. Good and uh, yeah, everyone wanted it to happen, but just wasn't happening, so fast forward, all the way to 2020, before the pandemic, uh, we were on a vision trip with a bunch of other kayaafa directors to India. And long story short, uh, I don't know if it was the curry, I don't know what was going on, but I started to have feelings. I knew I started to have feelings because when she started talking to other guys on the trip, I was getting jealous, and I like, you know, just needed to insert myself. On the bus to sit next to her and whoever else she was talking to so i could Mm. be part of the conversation and uh yeah and then the day after we came back on february 12th and then i texted her february 15th because i didn't want to do you know like with valentine's day it was just too you know Mm. i didn't want to do before or on valentine's day i thought that was weird yeah i mean kind of the rest is history so started dating after that uh, and literally five days before uh, the quarantine, we officially became official.
0: Yeah, and so, that's true. I forgot you guys are a quarantining couple.
2: Yeah, which in some ways, with like college ministry, it was great because we had so much more time exactly. to just like talk and hang out, but we couldn't see each other. So we spent hours doing this uh, right, on Zoom. Right. So um like every night we'd talk for like three four hours really? which is very uncharacteristic of me I mean you know me I'm I mean I'm not like I'm I'm definitely more introverted um socially confident introvert is what I call myself but
0: uh yeah
2: I, I don't know just just what you do when you're infatuated you know in that early stage of dating so and then uh fast forward we got it was. It was actually Halloween um, of 2020 that I proposed. And then it's the day
0: after her birthday. Why'd you choose to propose on the devil's holiday?
2: You know, that's a good question. Honestly, I didn't even think about it. Uh, I just, it was her birthday, October 30th. I just knew I was going to propose. And it's just the way the weekends lined up. We were going up the North Shore. We were uh her parents were staying in a cabin in Tofty. So we were visiting that sure. weekend. Sure. And I just I, I literally didn't even think about it. There was Halloween um that day. We climbed up a mountain. I had this little traveling guitar that I wrote her a song, played it, proposed, boom, goes the dynamite. As, boom uh, goes the dynamite. If you know that old YouTube video.
0: Yeah, no, for sure. That's incredible, dude. I love it. And I remember we talked through it all and you were like bringing the guitar up, which is like a baller move, by the way, too, like a traveling guitar.
2: Yeah, well, it was my buddy's traveling guitar. And the whole time I was climbing up with her, it was super icy. And all I kept thinking was, number one, don't slip and fall and break this guitar. Number two, uh, hopefully she doesn't fall and hurt herself or me. So <laughs> especially yeah. when I, I said it in that order, I was more concerned about the guitar than. It yeah. all worked out. You, you know, we're good. We're good. So that was fine. So then, fast forward a little bit further, March, uh, or not, excuse me, May 22nd of 2021, we uh, tied the knot. So it's been a little over nine months now. So,
0: yeah, coming up on a year, man. That's crazy. That's cool. And you know what? It, it's, I mean, you've had so many different journeys getting to this journey. It's such a oh, cool, yeah. it's a cool cool thing to see so what what's what's the number one thing that's different in your life you know pre-marriage <laughs> post-marriage obviously obvious answers aside I mean uh
2: you know, it's I, I don't personal know that,
0: time is that it?
2: <laughs> <laughs> it's just so I don't know it's hard to say anything unique about it it's it's a lot of what I expected and you kind of I mean, especially getting married, I was 31, she's 32 when right. we got married. So it's like majority of our friends have already been married for a while, sure. already having families. So you kind of like have a general idea of what it's going to be. And it's like, all right, but what is it actually going to feel like, yeah. look like, so yeah. um, it's, it's a lot better than I thought. And at mm. the same time, it's a lot harder than I thought. So it's just the two shall become one. Uh, and both of us are like, yeah, very independent people. And so we we get used to like living our single adult lives. Like this is the way we do things. And then you try to merge. Um, What's funny too, is you get to like, learn a little bit about, you know, who's gonna do what um, in in the marriage. Um, I'm not much of a a grocery shopper. Like I do not like the grocery store. There's like two chores I really don't like doing. Jeff, I know about you. But number one, grocery shopping. Number two, folding laundry. Those are just the two pull teeth. I will scrub mm-hmm. toilets. I literally would rather scrub a toilet than go grocery shopping. Okay, I'll do it. You know, I've been doing it. Obviously, I'm still alive to this day, so I've had sure. a grocery shop. But it. for me, I'm just running gun. I just go into the Aldi, because that's where I shop, and I just throw in stuff into the cart. But our very first fight was at a grocery store, right when we came back from our honeymoon our first like legit fight that sure. we laugh at <clears throat> um yeah you, you can can, laugh she, at it's
0: yeah. not the case like we have yeah, there's, there's, those, there's there's those that you just that like,
2: like once you just put it in this category and this is once you laugh at a lot of them you laugh at because you just realize how how lame of a fight it was you're
0: all being in the moment yeah oh yeah
2: i i go into all that she's got a list and i just go in guns place and doing oh. what i always do and i'm stressing her out and I'm not communicating well. It just, it was great. We got our groceries though. So we threw in a pizza after that. And, you know, the mama cozy's great. mama cozy's. I I'm not familiar with this. Isn't that the this. pizza at Aldi? Is it? I think so. I, I don't know. I honestly, when I get a frozen pizza, uh, it's either a Heggie's a Hegasus as John Michael would always say, mm-hmm. Hegesis. uh, I do love DiGiorno's. I love me. Have you had the croissant crust DiGiorno's pizza? No. It is unreal. (laughs) Bro, if you're looking for a cheat day, DiGiorno's croissant crust pizza. Okay. I thought it was crazy. I thought it was nuts. It's very good.
0: See, the thing is, though, like, I now, like, you live in the city of coffee, I feel like, and hipster people. But I live in the city of pizza. So, this is true. Why yeah. would I have DiGiorno when I can have Giordano's, Lou Malnati's, Aurelio's, but, Palermo's, every other O's?
2: But even if that's the case, don't you just, like in your freezer right now, don't you have a frozen pizza? Uh, No. So, okay. Is Actually, the Chicago we- Pride, like, is frozen pizza just like kind of taboo in Chicago because you can go and get it's like the land of pizza, deep dish.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's not even the deep dish. So there's like two different types of Chicago pizza. There's the thick crust pizza and that's like the Giordano's, right? Like the ones that, you know, or the Lumal but then there's also like the really, really thin crust pizza, which you can get okay. in the inner city and some other places. And both are phenomenal. Both are kind of, you got to feel it out. You know what I mean? Like if you want to like Eat one slice and then feel like you got a lactose shot of overload, like you get the thick crust. Or if you want to eat like 75 slices, you get the like little teeny like cracker ones and you feel great about like that. Jack's
2: Pizza Man. Oh yeah. What but, but okay, but you're you're like if you're in the burbs of Chicago, like I, i'm assuming they don't have just like you know the local like awesome pizzeria like
0: yeah there's a palermo's a mile from my house a giordano's 2.5 a malnati's 2.4 and a 1.2 <laughs> i'm just really trying to get you to say that you eat frozen pizza i would eat frozen pizza for sure i just don't because i have all these pizza places like we have pizza in our fridge right now it's just leftover pizza from this weekend when we went out to pizza
2: i'm gonna go on this rant just a little bit longer i have a thought so no no one would say that a frozen pizza is better than like a giordano's you know like an actual pizzeria right but there's just something it's like different it's but there's something distinct like you just want a frozen pizza you just love the taste of a frozen pizza you know when it comes to sandwiches you know you got like really good sandwich places but sometimes you just want a pb and j because sometimes. it's just classic that's what i'm saying it's like don't you ever just like yeah you could get like the really good pizzeria place
0: pizza but sometimes when you just like i just need i just need some frozen pizza okay so i can dip it I, in the ranch i can go with you on this but i don't know if i can go with you it on pizza so i can go with you it on like tacos right like like there's something about authentic mexican food but then there's just something about the diarrhea that taco bell produces <laughs> yeah,
2: you would you would totally bring it there you are waiting for this you've been thinking this whole time i'm talking about frozen uh, pizza you're waiting, uh, about, you're, you're waiting to talk this about you're waiting to talk about
0: killing my head right now what, Do you take it off bro i'm wait yes no because like yeah i think about that with pizza but i don't really think about it with um or i don't think about it with pizza excuse me i think about it with other foods though okay
2: okay so pretty much any other food pizza is a mainstay okay then here's the question but i would kind of-
0: if like someone's having a piece of jack's you do it i'm doing it but here's here's a new development i throw red hot sauce or chalua on everything now
2: yeah yeah bro do you i this gets into a whole another thing about hot sauces bring it in um, bring it on let's let's I, create a new segment
0: let's see, just create a, problem, a new segment though, because like now that i see the video i'm literally balding right here you see this from this i mean oh, this, bro this is flat out
2: i i keep feeling my hairline just creep up every little bit every year it just thins out just a little bit a little bit right here all right uh Rebecca is just always talking about how I'm starting to get little just gray hairs like on the oh, side no. here it's it's yeah I'm very thankful you know what
0: What I can say is seeing you on zoom before you were married and after you have more gray hair so obviously there's only <laughs> one common denominator dude just the happy stress of my life the happy just, stress of just, the there's great of stress there's
2: good stress and there's bad stress I have a lot of good stress in my life no, go on right, the hot sauce. It's all sauce. good.
0: I want to hear this hot sauce hot take.
2: So what's funny is I do love hot sauces. I over the, like right before the pandemic and then through quarantine, I got hooked on the YouTube like show Hot Ones. Dude,
0: incredible. Where that's the guy so invites, incredible.
2: yeah, the guy invites like celebrities, asking a so bunch of questions to eat hotter and hotter wings. And yes. I don't, I, it was awesome. I like, okay, I can watched you just so say, many. Thing, you remind yeah.
0: me of the host so much. Like, you and him are, like, the same, like, you guys have, like, incredible questions, like, your mannerisms, like, I could see you, like, for real. Now, oh. Uh, uh, We
2: we should do. You
0: should do do Minnesota hot ones or something. Oh, I was going to say, we should do a special
2: segment. You and I should do a special segment where we do hot ones.
0: Okay. Yeah. No, I got more on that, but I didn't mean to cut you off. Go ahead and go. I got more on it.
2: Though. I'm just, I'm just saying, but here's the, thing, I love like a variety of hot sauces mm-hmm. and all their flavors, but there's just something about like a red hot that you mm-hmm. just throw on everything. I don't know what it is. I love it. I like love me some red hot, throw it on my pizza, throw it on my burrito, throw oh, yeah. it on my tacos, throw it on pretty much. Eggs, anything Eggs. like oh, yeah, it is. Everything. It is the ketchup of hot sauces, it is. It goes on, on everything.
0: So, what's your order? What's your hot sauce order? Like, if you had to name the top, like, what's I feel like the big ones are like reds, you got Cholula, you got Louisiana. What are the other hot sauces out there?
2: Oh, what's the one I just bought? Uh, that's it's not a red hot, it's a little different, but you see it in every restaurant, such as the tea. Ah uh, the uh, the logo is a guy how oh, the
0: hell oh, sure it's not Chalua.
2: No, it is not Chalua. I cannot I can cannot I think I know what you're talking about. It's kind of
0: like greenish.
2: No. Oh it's yeah, clear bottle, white label.
0: Okay. Red. So let's just say of the big three, right? Which is like red hot, Chalua, and Louisiana. For you, it's just red hot all day long.
2: Yeah, this past year I got into red hot. Although I do not like buffalo really? like sauce. It's like rent like wings just straight up. I don't like it. They I had went to Applebee's too much got the wings in high school. Yeah. And now I'm burned out on buffalo sauce.
0: Yeah. Well, you could also be burned out on Applebee's wings because they suck. <laughs> they do.
2: They they're, they they you want them to
0: be crispy. Oh, they're yeah. not. So we it's, just recently made shout out meat church sponsor of this podcast. And no, I'm just kidding. But, um, meat church is this YouTube channel and this guy makes a bunch of stuff. And so neat, like Meat like M E A T church. Yep. Meat church. And he's in Texas <laughs> and he does all these things. Right. So he just did how to make crispy wings with your pellet smoker. So I have a pellet smoker. Abby got it for me last year. It was like the greatest awesome. gift ever. She like, yeah. That's one of the things you're talking about stress in marriage to kind of bring it full circle. One of the things that's stressful in my marriage is my wife is an absolutely unbelievable gift giver and I suck. So I'll, she'll be like, Get me this absolutely in, Same. incredible gift. It's like the most thoughtful thing you've ever thought of in your life. And I'm like, Well, I got you some flowers and a nail salon gift card. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, <laughs> you're like, I'm not, I. You know, or like when Joanna Gaines place came out in target and I, I literally just thought to myself, <sighs> you know what I mean? Like the Napoleon dynamite of like,
2: yeah. Oh yeah.
0: You know, so like every year in Christmas, I'm just like walking through there. Like, let's go, let's go, you know, anyways. Yeah. But, so she got me the pellet smoker. So I use it. Yeah. I use it all the time. We've done ribs. We've done brisket. We've done chicken. We've done everything. So we recently did chicken, wings like you can buy the little drumlets and the little flats from walmart actually is where where we got them and um and so we defrosted them i you know i used meat church and um i starched them up i starched them up and let them sit out and then i seasoned them put them on the smoker at 350 for 20 minutes and then i deep fried them which fun fact don't ever cover a deep fry pan because it like blows up we found that out as hudson was screaming running out of the room thinking there's a grease fire good thing he watches a lot of fireman sam on the weekends that's good that's good he knew that we have to put it out with foam not water that's what he told me
2: so that's good anyway i did not have that knowledge ready and available like your son. So that's good. That's good.
0: Yeah. Who knew? Fireman Sam taunted that. Fireman so, Sam. anyways, so but they were incredible. They're crispy. So that was my extremely long story to tell you that I'm better than Applebee's at making wings because I made them crispy. Thank you to Meat Church YouTube channel.
2: I will also have to say thank you as well for the air fryer as a as a wedding gift. Oh yeah. So we use it all the time and it makes it makes things crispy. It's
0: great. So dude, yeah that's true. Um we just recently got one and I I hate fries at home. Like I never like fries in the oven, but in the air fryer it's way better. Unbelievable. Yeah, it's
2: it's significantly better. So Yeah. yeah. Thank you Anyways. for upgrading.
0: Dude, all no food. no thanks necessary. Just love. But we should bring it back to um a point yeah. that that uh, is here. Um so things getting better and worse or harder. And I mean, this is a bad segue here. We're going to get through this <laughs> though. I believe. So your life has changed, obviously, right? Like things have it's changed. Different. Things have grown. Things have gotten better. Oh, yeah. But here's, but here's the thing. I think that it definitely does. And it, it stretches you personally when you're in a relationship that is like this marriage. Um, and you're, especially in ministry, doing things in ministry, which you're in ministry, you're a Kyle for missionary at the university of Minnesota shout out and, um, XA live holla. But all of that comes into play. I feel like there's a lot of different things that can be stretched, especially as you learn like rhythms of life. And do you feel like this has stretched your relationship with your ministry being married? Or do you feel like it's, like in any specific ways?
2: Sure. I mean, I think just the, the sheer fact of like Rebecca on the team. Sure. Um, that's relatively been the same for the past several years. So We really haven't had any like major changes on our team. We're, we're a team of six. Um, and so m- most of the team has been with me for a long while. Um and so, but you know, Rebecca, she was working in Kyalpha in Duluth. Um, that's like where she grew up. And so coming down to the cities, well, she's like, she even grew up in for Her parents were Kyle pastors, so she totally gets the Kyle world. Um, but coming down to the cities, this is a totally different feel. Um, I mean, you're yeah. just in a way bigger city, the students are a lot different. Um, you're on a different team, and you know now she's like co-directing with me and so now we're trying to like what is what does that look like not just to do ministry together but lead together Mm. um and so a lot of like when it comes to decision making um yeah i don't know it's it's just i don't know how to be like super specific about it other than it's just it takes more time and more intentionality to sync up to make sure like I'm, a lot of my default is just to lead the way I've always done, mm. which is basically, I don't really answer to too many other people. Obviously, I'm accountable to my team and my directors, but largely when I make decisions, it's all all just me. But now it's just like, all right, uh, there's a huge benefit in which, especially as a verbal processor, I'm like talking with Rebecca. But now it's also like having her process with me and she's sharing her thoughts. And I, I think overall, it's been very much a net positive Um, Because I think the biggest thing about being a single pastor for a long time is my, the hardest thing for me was I would come home at night and I'd have like no one to share ministry with, like no one to share like the highs with, no one to share the lows with. And so um, it really has been, in a lot of ways, ministries felt way more fulfilling just because I have someone to like share that with. And that would be like, regardless if she was in ministry, like she exactly. is right now with me or not. Like I just, just to have someone to share the highs and lows with. And For so, sure. For yeah, sure. I would, I would say the biggest change practically is it's just, it feels life feels a lot more fulfilling.
0: And, um, that's, what, and that's what I was trying to, to, cause I know you've kind of mentioned that before. And I think that's exactly right right? Like that's the most difficult thing when you're doing it alone is you have no one to share like the good things with, but you also have no one to share like the bad things of like, oh man, this person just like tore me a new one. And (laughs) you know, like, I'm not really sure what to do, you know? So like, I think that's definitely, you know, that's definitely an interesting thing. So I, I don't know, like, I think that's cool. And I, and I think also it was kind of fresh in you're like you're f- so newly married that it's kind of you're able to kind of navigate those things and I think you personally are a very thoughtful and like compassionate person so I think you've navigated those waters very well from my outside perspective. Yeah, I appreciate that. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Cuz cuz you and Abby, how many how many years now has it been? Um
0: 2013. So what is that? seven this will be eight years right or no this will be nine 14
2: 15 16 17 18 19 20 21 22. so this is going to be your ninth
0: year going yeah, eight on years year. yeah going on nine yeah yeah
2: dude, that's awesome dude you're almost uh, on the decade team
0: almost on the decade team yeah for sure for sure yeah it's good and it's interesting to think about the amount of how much like i would have sucked at ministry without her so bad. Like, I'll, I'll even share this. So uh, just a couple of weeks ago. So, you know how, like, when you speak to different rooms, there's different cadences. And I, I am very interested personally in stand-up comedy, not because like, I think I could be a comedian, but because there's a lot of similarities um, oh, yeah. to, to that. I mean, the difference is obviously we're preaching about Jesus and we're speaking about who he is and we're pre- preaching from a text and there's the power of the Holy spirit and comedy is really about them and their story. So there's a lot of in yeah. things, but the communication is really what I'm focused on. So I've become obsessed with watching like comedic specials, like comedy specials oh, yeah. and, and what they do and their timing and how they, f- because I think it's just really interesting. And one of the things that Abby noticed speaking a couple weeks, you no know, weeks ago, she said to me, she said, you know, it seems like in this crowd, because you're used to a specific way of preaching, how they had in Appleton and Chi Alpha, they really kind of blended together where it was very responsive. You could get a lot of laughs. You can get a lot of whatever. You fill in empty space with awkward statements. You don't feel awkward, but it looks like you do. And I was mm. like, huh, I've never thought about that. And then I, I like started thinking back through my messages and I'm like, oh, yeah. I did say like seven weight jokes in one sermon. And I was like, Oh man. And then I started processing deeper. And then from then on Mm -hmm. consciously up there, I'm like, okay, now I need to make this shift. And And I made this last shift. And I feel like the last five weeks since, or no, the four weeks since making that shift, Mm -hmm. it's been, those sermons have been 20 times better. And I feel like they're way more Mm -hmm. impactful because I'm not allowing my insecurity to hinder things moving forward so that's just a prime example of something that i would have literally never seen never. Oh, yeah seen. and and probably anybody else says that to me i think to myself you're just an idiot like on legitimately mm. i'd be like oh you don't really know what you're talking about mm. so it's really interesting the the like the and and here's the other factor i don't i can count on like one hand the amount of time she's like had a legitimate like critique mm. and been like this is something you could do better at. And, and so those words are really powerful. Yeah. So there's just something in the power of like a relationship in that way in ministry that can really make an impact and make you develop more. Cause you know, I look back and, and I've read, I reached like, it was like a hundred and something sermon mark or whatever. <laughs> and I was like reading back through my first sermons in college. I was like, Whoa, like, whoo not really sure any of the first like 45 sermons i said i wrote made any sense even my my ones at varsity like some of them i'm like what in god's green earth are you
2: they were just a bunch of kitchen stuff oh
0: man it was just like kitchen inside
2: inside joke for everybody that is not obviously on the inside so jeff well, Jeff, do you wanna do,
0: way off guard? I did not think about do you
2: that. do you wanna brief retell what happened that day to redeem yourself?
0: Yeah, I'll go ahead. So <laughs> okay, so I'm I'm preaching a sermon, I'm telling a story. And uh, it's a story about when we went shopping on Black Friday, and this is the Sunday after Black Friday because no one, pastor ever wants to preach Thanksgiving Sunday because no one shows up to church, especially in college ministry when all the college kids went home. We just so, took that Sunday off, you know. Yeah, yeah. We we should have, but I was preaching on Sunday, and um, and I think there was like I don't know how many people were in the room, not like fourteen or something. You know what I mean? And I, was telling, I was there. I'm telling the story. <laughs> about how i was at walmart and there's these two ladies at 3 a.m fighting over a kitchen stuff and instead of saying kitchen stuff i said and then the whole crowd literally just loses it and i can't get them back under control like no no, no, laughing
2: but the best thing is is you caught yourself midway through swearing oh yeah, yeah, yeah and so that's what even made it it funnier because c- clearly it was like just uh a mistake like a you did Freudian not slip. intend yeah it was just a slip of of the tongue and your face like you you like raised your eyebrows a little bit and you just you could like the next few words you're trying to like re-catch and everyone's still starting to like chuckle and laugh and so
0: but then the laugh turned into like a roar and yeah we were we like, we
2: just laughed it was yeah
0: it was like so, a full-out laugh. For you the have guy.
2: to. You have to in a moment like that. You yeah.
0: Know? Yeah. Well, and then I remember, I'll never forget someone was walking out and it wasn't like a regular attender. It was like someone who was in town visiting <laughs> someone for the weekend. And they go, well, I've never heard that word in church before. And I just thought to myself, oh no, like, no. <laughs> oh man, what did I do? And it was just, and then the worst part, I mean, it was kind of funny, but our the guy who was running sound and who was recording these sermons made it his uh, his ringtone for the next six months. Jonathan Murphy.
2: Yeah, that was. He was still so stupid. He was. <laughs> his uh, his filter factor was.
1: Oh. Oh, dude! It, it need some. Needed it, some was yeah. it was fair game.
0: It was fair game. It was a hundred percent fair game like yeah. i'm in you said it from the mic so and you know who else was in the room is levi actually he was in the room oh we were, yeah 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 and yeah. he brought that up not that long ago like a couple months ago And was like you remember when did he, did he, he also did,
2: how, how many people that were there that have brought it up on this podcast uh
0: he didn't bring it up on the podcast we were talking on the phone but john michael brought it up like on the phone like not that long ago either and then and then zach heard about it too and he was talking about it so like everyone I know has brought it up within the last year and I'm like well thanks appreciate that I can't get past this seven years was, later
2: dude we all we all have our own slip of the mouth so the
0: Freudian slip kitchen stations it was more like that and I was like mm. <laughs> so Good. Anyways, it was good it was funny it was it, it was you gotta laugh at yourself you gotta laugh you gotta at laugh i mean i'll tell you i'll tell a story that was a little funnier than that one my first sermon ever i said I was oh yeah Peter, and i said <laughs> <laughs> dude, dude, oh this is such a funny story didn't you not share this in a sermon as well i think i did yeah
2: like i mean like use this as an example of this, sermon. this is an example yeah, you you gotta, okay just tell the story just tell so, the story i'm sorry
0: first no 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 my first sermon ever i've never preached before in my life i have no idea what i'm doing this before i went to college i just kind of got a shot and um and you know I don't even remember how it went. All I remember was one of my points was talking about Peter. And I look out to the crowd and I was like, you know what? I feel like I got a little Peter. And my mind, I was pause, I was like not meant meaning to pause, but I said, like, I feel like I got a little Peter. And then I meant to say in me, but I never said it. And my uncle in the last row goes ah, and falls off his chair, like literally like. Dramatically falls off his chair, starts laughing, and I'm like, oh, uh, "What did I do?" In me, in me, in my heart, in my heart. I feel like I, uh, and then I'm like trying to like catch myself. You know what I mean? And he like still brings it up to this day. I'll be like, "Hey, little Peter, what are you doing?" I'm like, "Oh, Lord. oh man." But yeah, that was my very first sermon ever that I said that. Probably should have quit at that point. Just been like. It's it for me, but hey, dude, it's a funny story. You got to laugh. Oh, we press on. Have you had any uh, funny stories that you you've, <clears throat> you feel comfortable sharing here? I'm trying to remember some right now.
2: Oh, yeah. Like, I've definitely, I definitely have had, it was like one of our last cough alive services of the year. And mm-hmm. you were doing water baptisms that night, like at the mm-hmm. end of the night. And so some of the students that were going to want to baptize, a couple of their parents came sure. also in the room. <clears throat> and we also at the, this is right when Brent Sookie was about to launch uh, St. Paul Chi Alpha. Okay. And so we took up an offering to, you know, just bless him and his ministry. Um, you know how sometimes like people say like, oh man, that's so bad. Like, yeah. but it's so good. Like mean it like good. Right. Um, like slur. Yeah, yeah, you know, it's just like, oh man, you're so bad, but they mean like, dude, that's awesome, like that's good. And I don't know why, you know, sometimes just somehow it just, just it just doesn't get filtered in the brain, just comes out (laughs) the mouth. True. Parents in the room, everyone's pumped that we raised all this money. You know, bless, bless Brent and and the team, and I just like, you know what? We serve a big bad God who does big bad things. And I, I just remember Brent looked at me because I'm I'm like, we we made like a big, like, you know, fake check out of cardboard, nice. like handing it. I'm like, nice. we serve a big, bad guy who does big, <laughs> bad things. And and I was so embarrassed. I didn't know how to, like, recover from that because I was just like, this is so stupid. Like, why did I? <laughs> oh, man. The pants are in the room. I, I mean, I've obviously, I've never heard got that it before.
0: But, oh, my God. Yeah. That seems like a Chris Rock statement. A big bad guy.
2: Yeah, I I don't know. Like, I've never said that. I've never even used that term in that way before.
0: Yeah. I mean, I feel like as, you know, guys from the Midwest, we shouldn't be using the slang bad at any point. It just doesn't fit. It just doesn't feel good. It is ill-fitting. It is ill-fitting. It is ill-fitting. So I know for some people listening, you know, they may have got a little bits and pieces, you know, obviously you're in ministry, recently married, um, you know, but, you know, there's some other aspects of your story that I think would be cool if you wanted to share. I mean, you grew up in Minnesota, um, you know, you grew up in a a family household that where your parents kind of had like a radical change to Jesus and then growing up, you know, in that way. And I, I think it's just like a cool, your whole like story is really cool. So I would say like, if you have a like brief synopsis that you would want to share, you know, but also like, what do you feel like were the lessons learned growing up the way you did? Like, what were the top lessons that you're like, okay, these are the things that really stuck with me and still hopefully stick with me today.
2: Yeah. Um. No, for sure. I, I think, I mean, one of the first big ones is obviously when I give my life to Jesus, but it's significant for, as you'll see at the end, but it's kind of, I mean, you for me, sure, it's a number of times, but it's always something that I find is hilarious is I got saved after a a power team event, which if you don't know what the power team is, Google the power team, and it's like a cross between Arnold Schwarzenegger and uh I, I i don't know what you what else you could cross What's with a it, christian but, connection to that i have no idea <clears throat> basically like world's strongest man but they would like you know like rip news or uh phone books in half and like yeah. roll up steel pans and just do like essentially the whole thing was like mighty feats of strength and at the end they would like present the gospel um like the
0: christian wwe
2: yeah yeah so, so They weren't like wrestling, but they were wrestling against the the forces of darkness in our (laughs) souls. The big bad
0: God with the big bad.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Touche. Too, touche. Anyways, they they give the gospel presentation. I'm eight years old at the time. I'm third grade. And it was the first moment I remember. I didn't realize it was the Holy Spirit at the time. But I just like knew I needed to go up and receive Jesus Mm. in my life. But I was terrified because there were like big giant oily men that i I didn't want them to pray for me i thought they'd like crush my little shoulder if when they prayed for me legitimate concern for sure yeah no man i was like a hundred maybe a hundred pounds i don't know like they break me in half like they like they did a phone book broke their yeah like their phone books so but it was really cool because on the way home i was like really bothered like the holy spirit was really working on me and I just turned to my dad and I said, dad, like, how do I re receive Jesus in my life? And my dad like turns to me, smiles and just leads me in a prayer right there. Mm. Um, and I think it so was, cool. re- yeah, what's so, so cool about it is, um, you know, I, I think for a lot, especially life of believer and especially in ministry is to have like receive Jesus in a relational way, like, mm. <clears throat> Obviously, so many people have been impacted by services and events and you know, uh gospel presentations from the stage. <clears throat> that's amazing. But I think for me, like to have my dad do it, um, like there sure. with me and lead me is just like such an important thing. I think, especially for college ministry, it's just that's made a huge mark because I want to be there with students along yeah. the way, kind of like on their journey, their car ride through life. Like I'm yeah. there with them for those like formative moments um and so i'm very thankful i got to share that with my dad um
0: yeah it's super cool
2: yeah i I think another big lesson came into another like critical time whether i was gonna like keep my faith or not and when i came into college and Mm -hmm. when i came uh to the university of minnesota i was studying kinesiology my whole goal is to be a physical therapist that was my life dream and yeah, I was dating a girl at the time too from uh, my high school sweetheart. Uh, but it, yeah, or very early on, I I really had a crisis of faith. Um, hmm. Well, I give my life to Jesus and I had grew up in an awesome church with an awesome family. Um, my faith was only like uh, as good as those around me. It was hmm. never like, you know, it's kind of typical. Like I was just <clears throat> in a culture of faith but never really wrestled with the implications of my faith as I got older. So I got to college. I was around like no Christians. Um, Yeah. And long story short, my girlfriend broke up with me. I felt alone. Like I really started having doubts about my faith that I had no good answers to. I had no idea where to run to. Um, And yeah, so I just really fell into some pretty bad depression uh, to the Mm. point where I was really starting to have suicidal thoughts. Um, It's just like, Escalated very quickly for me, um, and really, what was probably one of the more pivotal points in my life was it was a Friday night in October, late in October of my fall semester of my first year, and I was sitting in my dorm room, and I really was starting to contemplate like, if I'm going to kill myself, how would I do it? And so I saw my life in one of three directions. And I said, um, "Well, I could kill myself, um, but uh, depression and..." Um, has been a part of my family and some close friends and just watching them try to i have had a couple of people close to me in my life up to that point, try to take their own life. Um, and I just like, I thank God unsuccessfully, but, um, it just saw the heartache of it. And it just was like, I I can't do that. Like, Mm -hmm. I like maybe my last resort, but what are my other options? My second option that rolled through my head was, well, what if, what if I just go and part of my brain's out just numb, yeah. Do whatever I can to numb this feeling. Um, uh, But the, the college party scene was never like I never felt like I fit in there. Like I'd gone to a handful of like college parties early on just to try it out. True. And I just had a terrible time, like just a terrible time. And like I mentioned earlier, I'm an introvert. I'm a socially confident introvert. I love being around people. But my word, like my ideal Friday night is get a few friends over and you watch a movie then you get to enjoy the warmth of relationship without having to talk to them. So which is ironic that we're spending this whole time talking to yeah, each other. Yeah. So, um, but I, I love you. This is great. This is yes. fun. Um, but yeah, I just was like, I don't know, like the college party scene, just, but whatever, it, whatever would numb the pain. And sure. so, just an escape. Uh, whatever, yeah, just an escape. And Then the third thought rolled through my head of like, what if I took my faith seriously? This whole thing, I declared my whole life that I was a Christian. Like, what if I took that seriously? And it was like really hard in that moment because I just felt so full of shame. Like my mind, Christians don't get depressed. In my mind, like Christians don't. I was like severely addicted to pornography at the time. It's just the way I coped um, a lot. Um, and I just felt so full of shame at the moment and yeah, it was there's like that still small voice inside of me that I just heard God speak very clearly, but just mm. you're my son, I love you. like I'll have you. And yeah, I, it wasn't even really an emotional moment. I just was like, well, God, like I guess I'm going all in I'm gonna recommit my life like i'm gonna really try to take this seriously and <laughs> i kind of said this was like well if it doesn't work out i have option two and if it doesn't right. work out I have the third option and yeah honestly for that moment like i mean it was hard i still wrestled a lot with depression and loneliness but probably the the second big lesson i learned in my life was god put me uh i was actually part of a different campus ministry before i was in kai alpha but it was in that campus ministry that i met a group of guys Uh, that became some of my best friends to this day, Hmm. Um, which I ended up living with in a house, there was 10 of us. Um, Those and other guys were just very near and dear to my life. And, uh, you know, just the power of community of, I had a lot of friends, but friends that like really were serious about Jesus. And I had never seen guys love Jesus and pursue him the way they did. And just like ignited a fire in me. Yeah. um a lot yeah and i met a, a dear mentor and spiritual father uh and jeff Ballantyne, the great one
0: the great one
2: um yeah which i'm gonna see later this week i'm going to san diego spend a week with him so
0: it's gonna be cool. sweet
2: get i gotta get in the sun i gotta get out of the west get some vitamin d get some vitamin d the supplements they only go so far you gotta Lord. get the real thing yep. so Yeah, I would say just the importance of community and doing it with people that are just hungry for Jesus, it, man, it really, I knew nothing too, I was like. Yeah, as far as like even biblical knowledge, I don't know, I couldn't explain my faith, but I knew I loved Jesus and I was around people that really fired me up until I met Jeff Ballantyne, he's like. Man, we gotta we gotta get you reading the Bible and loving God's Word. And he really taught me how to love God's Word. Mm. Um, we met every single week. We did scripture memory. We would just read through passages and study them. And um, he and if if you know Jeff Valentine, you do. You just know how much he just like loves God's Word. He just gets so excited. He's the youngest old person I've ever met. Yeah. Yeah. So um, yeah, he just put just a passion to study and enjoy God's Word. Um, so it's always yeah, like those yeah. just the importance of people in part For of the sure. faith journey
0: yeah I think in that both of those things you said like it's all relational right yeah which is so interesting like you you touched on a little bit of like that you're an introvert but everything that happened was so relational oh yeah uh, in that, that aspect but yeah no that's super powerful and yeah the, you know like the fact that you were able to I don't know list out those things um, I mean, I've heard you share that from the stage and stuff before, but it still always like strikes me as mm-hmm. like, wow, because I mean, I don't know if that's the tr- way that I would have went, you know what I mean? Like I probably would have been like, ah, let's go party, you know, like, and because personal experience, that's what I did do. So, um, you know, I, I think like, that's a brave, bold decision is to step into it and then, You know, I feel like God honored it by surrounding you with that incredible community and then people like Jeff. And if we could be if we could all be like Jeff Ballantyne, like, yeah, you're right. Like he's the youngest old guy I've ever met, right? Like he's like the coolest guy ever. But it's probably my guess is it's his passion for God's word that really actually fuels his kindness and his gentleness and his just you want like he's a guy that you wouldn't want to be around over anybody. Like that's how I think about it
2: oh totally and it's one of those simple truths and it's so easy to overlook um but really when it comes down to it you really see how they're simple truths because they're just so true
1: Mm. like
2: you just it's it's like the pandemic right like when there's such a void of relationship when you come back, you just realize how good relationship is. Relationships are always good. They're always like a part of our life, but when sure. you just can't in quarantine, um, you just realize how important they are, like how fundamental they are. And yeah. so, especially in faith, it's just, yeah, I don't know. And it's just like the grace of God. I look back at the whole season. I don't know how I like, why I didn't go out with all my friends and just part of my brains out. Like, I don't know why I didn't live a double life. Like, sure. I mean, I have bad experiences, but at the same time, there's still so much of a pull to go because that's where a lot of my friends were. Sure. And the alternative is me staying home on the weekends by myself. Right. uh, You know, and just like hang out in my dorm room. So yeah, it is, I don't know. All I can say is it's kind of a mystery uh, how God moved in that whole arena and how you just use the right relationships at the right time to be the catalyst to just pursue Jesus
0: yeah dude that that's yeah that's incredible and thank you so much for for sharing like that's super you know i mean i know you shared it before and that's one of the weird things too i feel like it's interesting about ministry so much of what we share in our personal experience we share from the stage so so many people feel like they know us in our deepest moments but they i don't know how many people really know you personally and that's a weird thing actually that i've been thinking more about um because we can share so many stories from the stage and then you know, you realize, like, hey, if you're real and authentic and you share your hard things, um, you know, it has the power to help people heal. Yeah. Right. And like, mm-hmm. cause that's the most powerful testimonies is like, like I think of like Teen Challenge, like somebody stands up and was like, literally, I was addicted to heroin and I, you know, or whatever. Yeah. And then they, <clears throat> they're like, wow. But there's such a vulnerability to that. Yeah. And then you go walk through the lobby and you realize you just bared your whole soul. Or, however many people listen to this, you realize you shared some intimate thoughts that maybe you wouldn't share in an ongoing conversation of the first time you meet somebody over coffee. Yeah. But then they know that about you, but they don't really contextually know you. And that's a weird yeah. dynamic. You know what I mean? Because yeah. they know things that it's like what I said about growing up in church or, or, or especially pastors' kids, like they know about you, but they don't know you. So yeah. then you have to, you have to especially in ministry, it's so easy to hide behind the facade of who they think you are, but not really who you are. And that's where I think people can get caught in these identity crises, or crises, however you would say it, um, where you're living a life that you're really not. And you're not as authentic as you could be, right? Mm -hmm. Because to you, it's harder, or it's easier to who you pretend to be on stage is easier to be than who you really are
2: yeah yeah and it's even interesting you know from the point standpoint of being like a regular communicator in front of a group of people like you like get to know your own story so well but it's almost like you disassociate from from it after a while like it just becomes like just part of your pattern where wow. you can like you can be honest without being like vulnerable. Dude, yes. You, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um
0: I've never yeah. thought of it in that exact terms, but yeah, you would just put to words exactly what I was trying to say.
2: Yeah, and not that like anyone like necessarily notices, but from um a sermon uh I was listening to recently, but uh, the pastor was saying, like, you know, Christianity is like one of the only religions where you can be convicted of doing the right thing for the wrong reasons. Mm. Um, you know, it's like the motivations of your heart. Like when sure. when I try to share a story, you you said this really well too. This is also here's some Jeff Lister wisdom. Um, I remember I was practicing a sermon with you, and I was like sharing a certain part of my story, like um you know, just being honest, being vulnerable from the stage. And you just said, just make sure that the point of your story isn't your story. Like Mm -hmm. make sure the point of your story leads somewhere, like leads back to Jesus. Cause it can be very easy to, to like, yeah, like you can add a story to be funny. You can add a story to like, you know, to, in some ways, evoke a certain emotion, a certain feeling, a certain thought. Which is great, but, you know, it can turn to be either about you or, yeah, in yeah. worst case, like, start to manipulate people sure. to, like, feel certain sure. things. So, yeah, yeah. I think for me, you know, it's like you said, that there's such a challenge, especially being a communicator to, it, it's got to come from a place of humility, it's got to come from a place of honesty, and it's just loving the person in front of you, um, and just making sure you, like, mean it and so right um and there's always a gap like we're there, there's always gonna be a gap between who we're presenting and who we really are but just to do everything we can to minimize that gap um yeah i guess I, what do you do to keep your yourself grounded and that gap as minimal as
0: possible
2: between like the person you are on stage and the person you are at
0: home it's interesting that's an interesting question and I, and I also don't remember saying that to you and i'm not sure it was me it might it yeah it was 100 so you oh 100 you because yeah.
2: i was preparing a sermon for fall retreat okay um and i was sharing it with you and then you're just like just make sure that the point of your story is not your story the point of your story leads
0: somewhere it should lead to jesus so yeah i don't dude, remember lister wisdom that. right there
2: yeah oh, the do Holy you...
0: spirit wisdom not me but yeah i don't know i mean what i try to do is I don't know, I've been, because the model really, and this is a bigger conversation about the church, but the model really we grew up in was the me, we got you, we, right? So you Mm -hmm. have the me, which is the personal story, the we, which is the connector, right, to um, your personal story, the transitional phase, um, and this is talking about communication from Andy Stanley, communicating for a change. So the me is the personal story, the we, and then the God is the scripture. And then you is where you kind of take it into their front yard. And then we is how it's applicable to everybody, specific situations. And I mean, that's just a basic outline, right? So, but then you have where you break, wake, Where you're in that and you're kind of working that system because it makes sense, right? You start with personal, you kind of bring the hook in, like they tell you in school, and then you kind of walk through hey, this is how it connects to you. This is the scripture, this is the story. You bring it all out, and then this is how it applies to your life, and then this is how it applies to all of us. And you walk through. And I think it can be really easy to lose yourself, like you said, to get so familiar with your own story that you get disassociated from it and one of the times things that i try to do is and it's not hard to do actually um now that i have a son and i see all every one of my bad things in him and i'm like oh he got that from me you know what i mean um and you're like oof that's a rough one we're gonna deal with that when he's 13 you know so but you see these things and I think what I try to do is not forget who I once was, um, but never glorify it. So there's a song by Elevation Church called Mercy. And I really like his song because um I don't know. Have you ever heard it?
2: I'm sure I have, I can't recall it at the moment.
0: Yeah, it's a it's a good song, and um and it basically says the the first line is I'm alive to tell the story of how I've overcome by your goodness and mercy. Um, And then it kind of just goes through it, right? And it's the power of the cross that your goodness and mercy saved me from who I was. And and really like that song is powerful. And if you go back, I think it's, you gotta remember, I try to remind myself of what I had and what I could have had, but then what I got which is the epitome of mercy, right? Is like, I didn't get what I deserved, but I got what God deserved. I got what Jesus deserved. And I think to, to, what I'm trying to do is my number one goal when I'm speaking now. It used to be an emotional response and a movement towards action, if I'm honest, because I felt like that was the best way but now it's more of I want a deepening of a relationship with God, and if there is no relationship of God with God, I want there to be such an interest in that the possibility of relationship with God could be life changing, that you begin to take steps to take a relationship with God forward. If that makes any sense.
2: Oh, totally. Yeah. Well, and it, it you know, it's just like the idea of repentance of you're not just turning from something, you're turning towards something, right? And, right. You're, you know. It's kindness leads us to repentance there's just like this you know repentance yeah it's such a joyful act throughout scripture like it's right it's, it's really the epitome of so much and so the the idea of i think for a lot of my life too growing up in the church you know you can be so sin focused where you're like i need to turn from this i need to turn mm. from this but that's where it gets the glory you yeah. know, like you're like always talking about like I need to turn from this, which is true, but it's only one half of the story.
0: Yeah.
2: And but turning towards something, that's where it gives hope and healing and um in perspective. And just yeah, turning towards Jesus is, I don't know, just so much better from running from our sin. So
0: yeah, that's a good word right there. That that so much of it You focus on like, oh, I need to get away from this. I need to get away from this. I need to stop doing this, especially when you're like, obviously doing it, you know, in these younger stages. Yeah. And then you get better at hiding it from yourself when you're older and older, you know, and then you have to, you have to, you know uncover those things you're like oh man i have a lot of bitterness or i have a lot of oh yeah unforgiveness and and you have to uncover those things then you have to be like okay i you know it's not focusing on the sin but it's focusing on jesus and turning to him that's a really good that's a powerful statement right there
2: yeah and and i see it all the more now that i'm married you just you can't hide the person you are at home and yes i think god you know god's grace is spelled. Rebecca for me right now because she's constantly challenging my motivations and my behaviors that it's just so easy to just
0: yeah and you've just become okay with them and that's the hardest part is like you don't you're just cool with it because it's just you and even if it's just you and your thought life even when you're married you're like okay when I'm on my drive and someone cuts me off and I just let a mother effer out, you know, like I'm cool with it because it's me. And then, you know, your wife's in the car and she's like, what in the, and you're like, what, this is what I do when I drive. And then you hear yourself say that and you're like, what, this is what I do when I drive, you know, like just,
2: yeah, just an example,
0: not from real life experience though.
2: Never. No, that's hypothetical, especially for you, Jeff, that is knowing you that is extremely hypothetical.
0: Yes. No, no. I, I think that's good. <laughs> yeah, man. It's turning, turning from, from sin into Jesus. And I think that's it. But I want to ask you like, what do you think would be your tips to, to if someone's listening to this and they're listening to like, okay, I'm cool. I get it. Jesus is good. How would I live a better story though? Like one of the things we're focusing on, especially in this podcast now is we got a a little mission statement which is hey we want to tell stories so you can live a better one right that's Mm -hmm. our whole idea. So the story of Ryan is a story of a kid who grew up in church who grew up knowing Jesus and then had to make a decision of hey am I really going to do this or am I not. Um, Fighting through personal struggles and fighting through so many different things, he decided hey I'm going to do this. So. If someone else is in that decision point, am I really going to do this or am I not, or should I do this or should I not, you know, are there any things where you're like, hey, these are the things that really help me beyond the nuggets we talked before. um, But just like hey I'm trying to live a better story each and every day of how can I follow Jesus more or how can I become just uh, someone who is more full of grace and peace and and all of the things that encompass. What the gospel truly means, and I know that's a loaded question. So, yeah, that is that is a very large and loaded question.
2: I, I think about just doing things consistently. I guess where my mind is just being drawn is I just go back to my parents. Like they're some of the most faithful, consistent people mm. in my life, and and I think about. What I've learned a lot in college ministry, which is it's like a fast-moving stream. People come in and out of your life so so quickly. Not to mention just like the cultural shifts that happen so quickly. Sure. You know. You know. I kind of picture myself like, like yeah, the boulder in the middle of the river that is just there and is trying to be constant. You know, I, I think about. Um, Jeff Ballantyne, who's been in college ministry for over 30 years. I think of some other Kyopha mentors who've been in Kyalpha for 20 plus, 30 plus years. And I just see that the fruit of their life is just so consistent. Hmm. And I'm just thankful for that. And I, you know, um, there's Paul's words, I think, I think it's in First Corinthians where he talks about, you know, you had many tutors, but you haven't had many, um. You know mothers and fathers in the faith Mm. which i become one to you because of the the gospel of jesus christ and so i i think of myself a lot like that like i love i love the title of pastor just not in the sense of like you know in a self-seeking sense but i think a better title that i better define myself in ministry is just i just want to be a father Mm. um you know i think about the difference between a teacher and a father Like, uh, like a teacher growing up, like I had a lot of awesome teachers uh, throughout my life. Um, And they were great, like they inspired me to learn, they challenged me, they, you know, they pushed me to be a better student But at the end of the day you know, they went home, I went home, they weren't really like there, but my parents were, my parents mm-hmm. were the ones that like, helped me through my schoolwork, my parents were there, helped me through the highs and lows of navigating all the different grades and stages of life. And that's, that's where a lot of the transformation is, it's just the the people that are there for you consistently. And so it, it I think for me, the, the type of life that I want to live for other people is one of a lot of consistency. Yeah. Um, you know, my my mom would say to me sometimes. You know, like, um, make sure you do the little things well. Like, people will sometimes remember the the big things, um, but man, they'll remember you for just that you've been there every single day. Mm. Um, and so, just keep showing up.
0: Yeah. And good. so,
2: yeah. Or, and my mom would. Sorry, I should rephrase what my mom said. She said, you know um make sure you do the small things well because if you don't do the small things well the big things won't matter that's what she said so um yeah i just want to show up for the small things and the big things and so for every student that i come across i just know that like i love teaching i love preaching but it's not my sermons aren't going to change them it's just me being a part of their life consistently and just you know why paul says imitate me as i imitate christ and hopefully my life with Jesus and how I abide with him, they can see that life and it dispersed them on to yeah, a life a life with Jesus as well. So I would say in one word,
0: um yeah, just consistency. Yeah. Yeah, dude. That's good. I love that. I think you hit on like so many different avenues that you could take from that, you know what I mean? Like consistency in family and relationships and work and just everything that you hit on in there, but overarching theme is just like hey if you're going to choose something like be consistent at it you know like and and that like you said if you could if you're tweeting this it's like consistency is what brings transformation like that's exactly what you said right like that's what's bringing transformation in people's lives is when you're consistently there Mm -hmm. because that's the you you can't see someone change if you're not there so that's a good word right there man i love it yeah it's fire dude yeah bro dude thank you mom and dad thank you mom and dad yes. that comes
2: full circle because i'm in their basement right now so
0: yes come on it does come full circle i appreciate it mom dude. and pop Coster. mom and pop they're good the greatest mustache you've ever seen on that side of the hudson river come on
1: <laughs> this is true just over the hudson and in
0: maple hood
2: Maple Hood, Maple Woods,
0: Maple Hood, that's where you got bad God, you're like Maple Hood, he's a bad guy, in a bad place, come on, in a bad believer, oh man, somebody uh, just I, got hit right now, no, I'm just kidding. I'm just glad College
2: Ministry is a fast-moving river, because that just quickly passes on and out the door, never to be remembered, only by me, so, I'm and glad now, I could relive it again. Yeah and now I have some other on the internet. I'll tell you. Yeah. I'll, I'll tell you some other ones post recording that uh <laughs> I was going to share one that I was like, well, I must save that for uh, our ears only.
0: Well, I shared my two most embarrassing ones, when I said kitchen swear word and then also when I said I have a little Peter in a sermon. So, hey. Yeah. This what it is, man. Hey, I
2: appreciate your honesty and vulnerability right there
0: you know they're on the interweb somewhere so to live on a server all past when humanity is extinct because of apparently global warming or whatever else is happening <laughs> so it is what it is man it, it is, is what it is. it is well dude thank you so much for being on this podcast it's been an absolute blast and uh can't wait to see you again hopefully sometime this summer we can hang out
2: yeah yeah do you get some get some pizza
0: get some za. we could go to four different pizza places and in one day, breakfast,
2: one lunch, time dinner, Chicago pizza night. tour. Let's go, dude! You're the man. 2022,
0: love you. Here dude. we go, love you. Thanks for listening to another episode of Where They've Been. Love Ryan's story, and man, I'm yeah. really thankful for his transparency and his honesty. Totally, um that's something that's just kind of a staple in who he it's is. Always been who he is. He's an honest yeah. guy. He's gonna just like lay it out there. Um, and I know that's that's scary for real, yeah, like to just sure. be that type of person, you know. He, yeah. he, who you see is who you get with him, and that's right. one of the things that I love about him. He's just a truly honest and genuine person, but yep. I think through all that, he, he really shared a lot of things that we can grow in, and I hope you were encouraged listening to it. But there's a, a few different things I got, but why don't you go first? Is there anything that really kind of stuck up to you?
1: Yeah, so one thing that. And it kind of was like his whole, I don't know, story of just who he is kind of what you were saying. Um, And I knew this while because I've known him for a long time. That's it, since 2013. Same, since I basically same year I met you with Kai Alpha. um, And what he said was consistency is what brings transformation in people's lives. Yeah, And I remember so many times, you know, when he would, when we'd be doing small group training or just leadership trainings, um, he would always be consistent himself. Yeah. You know, he would always, you know, reach out if there was any issues or he'd reach out for en- encouraging people. Like he is the face of consistency. You know what I mean? Like that's just mm-hmm. kind of who he is as a person. Um and so many people have been transformed not by him but through his ministry. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because of the fact that he has been so consistent with preaching the word with being Jesus to others. Um and And yeah, that to me was so huge because it's just like people are, it's I think he might've mentioned this in, it's like a quote that people say, but I think he might've mentioned this, but people aren't going to remember what you say they're just going to remember that you were there. Yeah. You know, like they're just going to remember that you were encouraging. They're going to remember how how you made them feel is what it is. Yeah, exactly. And (laughs) honestly, there were so many times where he encouraged me. I do not remember what he said. I don't remember what Bible verses he quoted. I just remember that he made me feel encouraged and uplifted. Yeah. And because that's just who he is. For and sure. it was a challenge, I think, to all of us to continue to be like that. Yeah. You know, um, and honestly, I think on a side note, um, it's hilariously awesome that he got saved at one of the, the power teams yes, thing. Like that's amazing. Is. Oh my gosh. Like power teams. Because, like, you know, I just think of if you've never met Ryan, I don't know, he's like he mentioned himself, kind of introverted. I just don't see him going to a power team type of a thing, <laughs> especially as like a little little kid Ryan. I just i think about it i'm like that would have been amazing to
0: see that our um, team is the christian wwe
1: yes it's amazing and then That's they're gonna amazing. hit you with the gospel the cold the was it the stunner what it was cold, stone cold stone cold stunner there it is
0: i didn't anyway, watch wwe it was wwf back then it was it, it was, did it? you watch it
1: i did my dad me and my dad my brother watch it all the
0: time freaking loser
1: I'm yeah, yeah, kidding.
0: people. Like, <laughs> like I remember everyone's like, movies. This is amazing. I was like, And I, I could never get over that. It was, it's fake, fake. <laughs> yeah. But then you like, realize, like Oh, yeah, it's, like, but these yeah. are real, like, muscle, like, meatheads sure. punching each other, still. So. Yeah, it's an and, act, but it's not yeah.
1: fake in the sense that it's like they're still, like, potentially yeah. really bleeding. Yeah, like, yeah. most of the know, people
0: but... who you're like, Oh, yeah, like, yeah. yeah, yeah, it's fake, but like, John Cena could still, like, beat you up
1: for so. sure, yeah, exactly.
0: Although he's a whatever anyways um <laughs> <laughs> i might have to cut this WWS. oh my gosh, cut this part out um <laughs> me agree with you 100 like what he said who he was he's a consistent guy so consistency right. is something that he really helped teach yeah. i think just from his life which is the best way to teach things right it's it's I think a lot of times teaching is not always the greatest just to stand up and say, oh, you know, here is the way it's the it's right. to be the person that it's you want limit. to see. And that's yeah. truly who Ryan is. But right. I think about the decision point that he had in his fraternity when he made that decision to choose right. life. Oh, man, and I think heavy. Yeah. it's it's a heavy th- thing. And I, I really appreciate him sharing that because I think a lot of people get to that place. Mm hmm. You get to that place where you're like, okay, do I even want to do this anymore?
1: Right, exactly. And, you feel hopeless. Um,
0: yeah, that hopelessness is is real. Yeah. Um, and I think the thing on that you see on the other side is that there was community, there was hope, there was freedom. Yep. Outside of those feelings, and those right. feelings are so real, and they're yeah. so all encompassing in that moment. But I love how Ryan just really portrays, like, hey, like I had to make a decision. Yeah, I knew I couldn't keep going the way I could. And I think there's a, people even listening to this who are like, mm-hmm. I have to make a decision, whether that's in your relationship status, it's in your status with the Lord, it's in your status in your job, you're like, yep. I got to make a decision, you know, I'm, I am I got to do this, or hopefully you're not in the place to where you're just dis- in despair to where you're deciding should you live or die. But if you are, right. you, you want to say there's hope. And you should 100%. choose life because yeah. there's people who care, people who love you, and there will yep. be people who are there for you. Yeah. And um, and I really appreciated him sharing that. I think that just the hope of, hey, I can choose this and there's something for me on the other side. Yeah. It's just really powerful. And it's really powerful. Right. And and that and I hope that there's churches and there's communities and there's people that can be there for you who's listening to so mm-hmm. know that you're not alone right. and that you're not um. You're not left abandoned. Yeah, that this choice you can make can be one that's freeing and right. one that's there. So he yep. just he's awesome, and and he's also just like just hilarious. He's it's a funny, fun loving guy. Guys. Yeah, yeah. There's I mean we could have kept talking for like four or five hours. He's oh, just, easily. Yeah, he's just that type of guy. So he he's one of my favorites. So, anyways. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. We love you guys. Thanks so much for being a part of this journey with us. Hope you have an incredible rest of your day, morning, evening, however long you stuck around. We love you. Hope you have a great day.